Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Kathy Cloat's guest of Keeping It Human, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show. We took a couple of uh, breaks here over the summer, and uh, we're excited to be back for Keeping It Human's improvised marketing show. We are the place where we talk about all kinds of stuff that has to do with storytelling, content, marketing. It's a jargon monoxide-free zone as always. And it's always about how can we use marketing to better advance really connecting with audiences. How do we really really have a better human connection? At least that's, that's when I started my business back in 2000, end of 2008, early 2009. That was the goal. Um, now, a couple notes here is uh, one, I'm going to do something a little bit different in the next couple of weeks, and that is we are uh, going to be changing the music. So I took the music down, and we're going to maybe have something fun. And I thought maybe just like a fun little song intro or something different rather than just a, a straight um, no lyrics like music soundtrack intro to the show. So we're going we're gonna to change things up a little bit. That's one thing I'm going to do. Um, and the other thing we're going to do is we're going to start having different um, guests from different backgrounds with their backstory, uh, talking about storytelling and content from their view. So not necessarily from the marketing world. One of the things that I did last year or the year before, so I've been doing this now three years, is the goal with the show was really to uh, talk about you know marketing and storytelling topics, but it became very um, – you know, book author centric. And I really want to make sure that we're looking at great storytelling wherever it lives. And great storytelling isn't just in marketing. And that's the thing. I want to look bigger and talk to people who are doing things that can inspire us inside of marketing and outside of marketing. So that's really the focus. So we're going to start doing some more stuff. I'm really excited about that. We're also coming back. Unfortunately, Blab went away. I know. I was such a blabaholic and such a blab fan. I once told Sean Purry, the uh, the CEO of uh, Blab, that uh, I loved Blab so much that uh, seriously, if it were legal to marry it, I would I would marry it and give it a honeydew list. But sadly, Blab is is uh, no more for people like me who were hosting shows, and so I have to a little bit rebuild all over again. Um, we had a lot of really wonderful mem- momentum, but I, I do want to alert you guys to a couple things. I am looking for kind of a replacement platform. We are going to be having more shows, uh, more video casts, more streaming, um, where we're interviewing people and we're just having fun and just having really human conversations. It's very improvisational because it's going to be a chance to just really have a wider conversation. And you guys Guys can participate, so I'm going to be starting that up. Um, today I tested a, a smile time, so I'll be doing a show next week on smile time. So look for me there. I will be doing that. Uh, secondly, I'm doing a Ask Kathy Anything every Friday, every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific. The only exception, unfortunately, is tomorrow. 
<laughs> I've got a I've got a workshop at that exact time. So you will not find me on Facebook doing a live Ask Kathy Anything. But every week, it'll be your chance to ask questions of what's what's what are your questions under the marketing storytelling content. Uh, using improv and comedy umbrella. What's percolating for you? What's what's on your mind? What challenges are you grappling with? What questions do you have? So we'll deal with it there. So there's a couple ways to do it. We're going to do it with video on Facebook. We're going to do it with the video show. Once in a while with this podcast, we'll make it just an open call-in kind of thing or an open question kind of thing. All right, so today I'm turning over the mic to you guys. So I like to think of this as kind of the open mic podcast, except for um, <laughs> it's going to be me talking, but the questions come from you folks. So I, I decided today would be you know, all crowdsourced marketing topics, and you pick you pick the questions, and I will answer them as best I can. So, and just a reminder, um, you can also uh, uh, check out the blog, uh, keepingithuman.com slash Kathy's blog for for new posts. All right, so I put the question out there um, on Monday. I said, all right, this is what I want to do with my podcast this week and try and experiment. Uh, a little bit more improvisational than I usually am. Um, and I got a, a bunch of very interesting uh, questions. So the first thing I want to do is talk a little bit about the book. So the book um, will be up on Amazon. In fact, technically it's in Amazon today, but the picture is not pulling. We discovered a problem with the image. But um, the print version is available for purchase. Um, the electronic is coming soon. Uh, the emphasis was on the print first. And the book, again, is called Stop Boring Me, How to Create Kick-Ass Marketing Content, Products, and Ideas Through the Power of Improv. And let me just really quickly tell you what it is because I get asked this a lot. Um, and in every uh, interview that I'm doing, uh, I've been on Marketing Smarts, I've been on Brand Brand Boost, I've been on a couple of different podcasts, and as much as I can, I'm I'm kind of trying to give you guys a little snippet, and I even have a, a short video on my uh, YouTube uh, channel. So the first half of the book is all about storytelling. How can we make storytelling better using techniques from improv? It's not about necessarily improvised right off the top of your head, but it's how do we take all the great things that improvisers use on a stage to create wonderful stories, and how can we bring that into our business and brand storytelling? That's the first half of the book. So I give you a lot of the things that I've learned in all the years of doing comedy, that I've, what I've learned about storytelling. The second half of the book is all about generating idea orgasms. I think everybody should have idea orgasms. What does that mean? Well, there's a lot of exercises. There's 21 different exercises in the second half of the book. And they're all about ways for you to uh, come up with new ideas um, for content by looking at content in ways that maybe you hadn't thought about before. And, and most of these exercises derived from improv, but they're, they exist as stage warm-up games or stage games. They don't exist as applied improv. So what I did is I, I cathified them and tested them and used them in my work, and I put them so that you could use them to generate ideas for your business. Um, if, you wanted, if you got stuck and needed to generate ideas, uh, that's really what the second half of the book is. So I'm very excited about the book. I think you're going to like the book. I think it's great. If you are interested, um, go check it out. And uh, I, re I really hope that uh, you, you put a couple of these things to use sooner rather than later, and then you can write a review. So that's how that works. All right. 
So thank you for that question. All right. Uh, the first question that I got this week um, was really about how do I find – it was how do you find good stories? And the question comes from Paul. Paul asks, how do you find good stories? So that actually inspired a blog post that I, I, I did. And it's how do, you, how do you find remarkable stories? So stories live everywhere. Stories live everywhere. And I think that's such a great question because I think often in marketing we get very um, – some, some organizations get very – uh, we have a sort of a you know a, a control kind of uh, approach to it, which is it comes through the marketing door. And I don't believe that's true today. I really believe that the best stories live outside of marketing. And marketing operates as a funnel. It applies some intelligence. It, it applies a little bit of like PR and and a little bit of all right. We have to make sure this this stories are consistent with our brand. But outside of that, I really think that the best storytellers. They're not in the C-suite, and they're not in marketing. The best storytellers come everywhere in the organization. They come from sales. They come from the customer service people. The people who are in the front lines of customer service are hearing all day long what's working and what's not working. They know. They're more in tune with the pulse of customers than just about any part of the organization. So you've got to listen to them. You know, your, your customers, obviously, your partners. If you partner, if you have partners that you, you you sync up with to deliver goods and services, then you've got to include your partners. This is really, really super important. They've got stories about uh, how they package things and work together with you, making sure that those stories get incorporated. Really, really super important. And stories just live in every section of your organization. And if you're not using employees as storytelling champions today, I think you're missing something because that's where marketing and that's where I think storytelling achieves scale and it, it, it achieves a sustainable credibility because it's coming from the people who work there. So you need to be thinking about all the different employees and how are they living the brand. So if you say your brand value is, for example, um, about making lives better or making the environment better, for example, if you're Patagonia, then you should be talking to your employees about their stories, about how they are building a more sustainable environment in their spare time and what are they doing to really bring the mission and advance the brand of the company in all the work they do. So I think it's really important to look for stories in all these places, all these places, it's also important to look for stories, um, you know, in, in your successes and failures. And I know so many companies uh, just hate talking about their failures, and I, and I think that's, that's too bad. And it, they, they should talk about them. Uh, when I first started my business, it took me about a year to figure out that I was targeting the wrong audience. I was going after really small businesses because I myself was a small business and I had great affection and affinity for small businesses because I understood the mindset. The issue was is a lot of people did not want to pay for storytelling, marketing, brand. They didn't want to pay for it and they couldn't pay for it. So, you know, you're 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 targeting people who need it but don't don't want to pay for it. So that's that's not a good place to start. It only took me a year to figure that out. But here's the thing. What I did learn from it was invaluable because it taught me how to target better. It taught me how to uh, think about the way that I sold and what I sold and to 
solve a problem that bigger businesses had. So I learned a ton from it. And, you know, if you can map out, one of the things I always like to tell people is map out all the highs and lows of your business and look for the, the, high, the high points, the successes. If you can understand, really truly understand the things that you did in your business that succeeded and that a time where you went, wow, that was great. Think about what you did and how maybe you can share something that can inspire somebody else or help somebody else get over that same hurdle. What did you learn? How did you do it? What made it successful? And how can you help somebody else? And I think that's a way to inspire people. That's such a great way to, to, to share the, the wealth of knowledge and to spread that and to teach. If you have the knowledge, teach. I think that's really an important thing to do. I think that's a, that's a great way to, to solidify your expertise. And then when you look at the same map and look at the low points in your business, figure out what did it teach you. We all make mistakes. Um, that's human. If uh, you're not making mistakes, then uh, you know you're probably a robot, or you know you're not breathing. But you're making mistakes. What did you learn from it, and how did it course help you course correct? What did that teach you that you went and did something better, and you learned from it, and you you course corrected? And that course correction is something that you can teach other people. If you're facing these circumstances, here's how to get out of it. Here's how I dug out of that hole. But here's what it taught me. And so the failures teach you just as, as much um, if you're willing to share those things. So sometimes inspiring people, letting them know they're not alone, is a really wonderful thing. So those are just ways to look at, at stories. What inspires you? Um, what makes you laugh? Why do you do what you do? What's your passion? But really, what, what gets you going in, in, during the day? What makes you want to help other people? I know for me, it's about bringing my two different worlds together. I came, many people who, who listen to the podcast already know this. So I came from uh, the world of, of branding and marketing and high tech, but I also, for 20 years, on evening, in the evening, during the week, and on weekends, did comedy, and I still do. It's a big part of my life and my and my being. And so my goal has always been to to bring more of that human narrative and that humanity of, of what comedy and storytelling are all, all about and bring more of that into business. So that has been my biggest mission, and to do that, to, to, to bridge that gap, to be more real, to make companies connect better with audiences and to be more real. So that has been sort of a driving mission for me. And in the process, it's been about healing my own sort of fragmentation. And I think companies are fragmented today. They want to be authentic. They want to better connect. And yet they're still trapped in this buzzword mentality. So everybody's walking around fragmented. Companies are fragmented. And for me, it's healing that fragmentation so companies can better connect. And, And when companies can let go of that legacy and that jargon and all that other stuff that doesn't serve them, they're going to find that there, there's, a, there's a real human connection point there. So when I tell that story, people go, oh, my God, me too. I feel that way too. So when you share those kinds of things, I think you better connect. And those are great places for stories. So, again, employees, partners, customers, um, failures, successes, um, what inspires you, what makes you laugh, uh, what you screwed up on, but you're doing better this time around. All those little things. The other thing I like to ask myself is, all right, what what did I learn? Did I learn this week? What happened to me this week? And I'll say, all right, what did I get out of this week? And what what is there anything that I did that I can share? If you always ask yourself, what's one thing that I know 
that if I shared it, could make a difference for somebody else. I think that's a way to focus your your content and and your stories through a lens that is really helpful to somebody else. You will never fail when you put the emphasis on helping other people. And I think that's really a great place to start. All right, great questions. That's a lot of good questions. All right. Um, the, the next question that I got was um, a really interesting question that was posed to me, and I, and I kind of didn't noodle about it too much, but it's, all right, what is, what is, how do I define, define visual storytelling? And it's a very interesting question that I got because um, I, am doing a co- I am speaking at a conference at the Visual uh, Storytelling Summit in, in Miami next month. And it's a very interesting question because I had to, you know, it, it's obvious, uh, but but it's also not obvious. I think people immediately go to, when you say visual storytelling, they go, oh, infographics or images or video. True, it's all those things. But as a storyteller, to me, the emphasis is on storytelling. So the way that I answer that question is, it is storytelling that that moves your audience to connect with you and to take some kind of action. It just happens to be driven by visual media. So the emphasis is still on the storytelling and visual is secondary. Now visual is important because our brain processes visual information a thousand times faster than it does text. We're, we're living in a visual world. We had to scan our environment years and years of evolution to make sure that we weren't being hunted. <laughs> so, and, to, and to seed out and to, to weed out danger and to avoid danger. So we're very visual animals. But the thing is, is if we're if we're really focused on the tactical level, we're probably not uh, having any kind of strategy. And here's an interesting exercise. Um, I was asked this question, and I thought, hmm, I'm going to ask other people. So I, I, on my Facebook page and on a, on a couple of Facebook pages, I asked the question, uh, what's, what's the most important element of your, your, your visual storytelling strategy? And it was very interesting. Everybody came back and gave me tactics. Everybody gave me tactics. You know, everybody said the same usual suspects. Infographics, things that work. You know, um, video, um, uh, streaming media, all these different things. And again, I'm going to say the same thing. Those are tactics, and they don't mean anything. If you don't have an emphasis on your larger brand story and how you're advancing that in the world. So if you don't know your story, if you don't know your big, big, bold, advanced story in the world, then you cannot create a visual strategy to support that narrative. Then everything is going to be fragmented. So storytelling first, get your brand story first, and then figure out what ways that you're going to tell that story. And, and to me, those are, that, that becomes a secondary layer. It, you, it starts with knowing your strategy. And more often than not, smaller businesses, um, they, they, lose their, they lose their big mission and they lose their big story in the world. And their big story comes first. So get that out of the way. Get the big story nailed down first. So, all right, another good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I got another question that was posed to me, and I thought this was really interesting, and I'm going to read it here uh, off of Facebook because um, I don't want to get it wrong. All right, and, and misread it. All right, so Mitch, Mitch, you asked, how about professionals building their brand and companies by doing social good without self-promotion or promoting their company products and services? So social good without self-promotion. Okay. 
It's a great question. It's a really wonderful question. And I think that the way that I come at it is, again, the emphasis is on the story. What's your big, bold brand story? And if your story in the world is um, sustainability, if your story in the world is helping people be seen, visibility, if your big story is healing fragmentation, which I, I think is helping people see and be seen and heard, in a, in the most authentic way, which is really what storytelling to me is about. That's a big part of what I help people do. Um, you kind of can frame everything, every, uh, everything through that lens. Now, how do I do social good? Well, one of the ways that I do social good is I have a ask Kathy anything. It, I don't. Nobody pays for it, um, but I want to spread that goodness into the world and 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 hopefully help somebody else, and they'll pay it forward. The way companies need to think about this is social good is, all right, where's the social good connected to our message? And it's not about buying products or promoting the company per se, but where does it make sense um, given our values? If we say our values are to help the environment, all right, what are we really doing to spread social good? What are we really doing to, to spread social good with respect to the environment? If we say that helping people um, is is uh, be better, live live more fulfilling lives. If that's our charter, then how are we doing that as a company? And not not manipulative to sell products and services, but where are we showing up? And that's where I think we companies have a, a real chance to tell stories, let their audience tell stories, um, create more of a storytelling. I don't want to say platform. That's really jargony. I'd have to kick my own butt. Um, but you know, maybe have a, a, a place on their website where people can just talk about the values and how they're they're what they're doing in the world to to bring that to light to advance uh, those goals. Or maybe what they can do is start a fund. Start a fund and um, help spearhead that fund and get something off the ground if you really care about it. Um, you you know there, there, I think one of the things we're seeing in, in a lot of brand storytelling more and more is we're seeing that it's a, it's a softer sell. It's not a hardcore in your face. Um, you can do a lot of good in the world um, with video storytelling. And at the very end, you see oh it's sponsored by or that's the brand. But the emphasis isn't selling the brand per se, and it's definitely not on the products and services. So I think the thing that companies need to do is find out. Really stand for something. What do you stand for in the world? And then go ahead and and um, make sure that initiatives that fit with that are are something on your radar. Um, you know, if you're if you're GoPro, you know, and I don't know that they're doing this. I don't know that they're not doing this. This is an example off the top of my head. Remember, this is fully improvised. <laughs> um, if GoPro says, "Hey, part of it is showing humanity, the way people live their lives," then part of the way people live their lives is, you know, would be consistent with that is maybe giving cameras to people who, uh, you know, have have hard times, and the, and we could kind of see what that looks like. And, and empathy, and helping people, um, and documenting what other people go through, and seeing it through their lens, we could further develop, you know, human compassion and empathy. Um, Starbucks, for example, doesn't define itself as co- as, as coffee. That they, they define themselves in the conversation business. Um, they're in the conversation business now. Coffee happens over conversation, and vice versa. So if you define yourself as being in the conversation business, then there's a lot of social good you can do by moving conversations forward. 
um, you know, Starbucks did a lot to uh, talk about gay marriage, gay, you know, um, gay equality. Um, they have done a lot to, you know, do fair trade, all these different things. Yes, does it probably benefit the company? I'm sure it does. Um, and that's not a bad thing if if they're doing it for the right reasons. So um, I would say if you really want to do good in the world and build your brand, um just make sure that your your company your it's okay it's okay to have your company attached to it I think I think that's kind of realistic um but take your services and your products out of it just really keep it at a at a don't ask for anything you know it should be an after the fact um so if you're doing video and you're you're sponsoring certain things just make it an after the fact kind of thing a softer sell I'd like to see more people do good um if you really have a true brand calling and you know what that brand calling is, there's no reason that you can't give back. Um, you know, I know I've done, I've been asked to to do a lot of nonprofit uh, uh, storytelling work and when I have been able to do it, I've done it um, just to help a cause that maybe couldn't afford me in the same way that companies could afford me, but it was a cause near and dear to my heart and it was helping a lot of people. Um, that's another way to do it too. So spread good where you where you can. Spread it where you can. The other thing is too is recruit recruit people. Um, you can do more good in the world if you try think of it as not doing it all by yourself. So uh, if you've got a bunch of uh, brand champions, there's no reason why GoPro and and again maybe they do this I don't know. There's no reason that they couldn't put out a call and say hey this is what we're doing. We want to kind of start a wave, a human wave of empathy. What if you actually went and did this? Would you be willing to be part of it? And you could magnify the ripple effect. You could magnify this human empathy wave. Can you imagine if they put a call to their customers and created a way for all their customers to then share those stories of the things that they were doing using GoPro? Um, you know, or maybe not using GoPro. It doesn't even have to be using GoPro. But could you could you maybe offer a challenge to your customers to participate? And what do you, what good are you doing in your community? What what are you doing to bring more humanity into your community? And if you're Starbucks, all right, Starbucks, um, you know, uh, customers, what are you doing to to create more conversation and bring pe- people together in your community? Can we can we bring each other together and have better understand each other? Can we have more of these conversations? And it doesn't have to be at a Starbucks. It's just what are you doing in your community? Since we're all about conversation, what are you doing to advance that? I think companies are going to have to think about ways to magnify that empathy wave. And I think just putting out, making it clear that that's what you stand for in the world and doing it, and then asking your customers to stand with you, I think is a really great way to do that. And customers want to, usually. If they're really loyal to a brand, they will do it. Um, because it's such a it's a it's a great way to do that, and it's also a great way to connect with your customers on something really meaningful that has nothing to do with your product. And that's what keeps people coming back. They feel a deeper connection to your company. And of course, by doing good, I really believe you you ultimately ultimately in the long run do good for your your company because you are willing to give back. So think about all the ways that maybe you can challenge your customers to do good and be part of that that conversation or be part of that mission or be part of that values expansion and that human empathy wave that you as a company want to bring about. So one of the things that I do is 
every time I uh, do something uh, like a um, kind of a nonprofit kind of help kind of thing, I ask them to pay it forward. And a lot of times people come back to me and tell me what they did. I say, I'll help you. Here's what I want you to do. Will you pay it forward to somebody else? And it's amazing how many people, not everybody, but it's amazing how many people will come and pay it forward and help somebody else down the line. And I just think that's 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 what it's about is starting that that human uh, empathy wave. So what a great question. Now I've got to think about a blog post for that, Mitch, because you got my brain thinking about a lot of stuff. All right, everybody, that's all I got. That's I've got more questions, but it's two minutes left till the end of the episode. So we're gonna we're gonna do another one of these again. But these are really wonderful questions. Thanks, everybody. All right, the book, guys, is Stop Boring Me: How to Create. Kick-Ass Marketing Content, Products, and Ideas Through the Power of Improv. Um, it is up in Amazon for the print. Uh, that image needs to get there soon. <laughs> but these make great stories. I guess all the little imperfections, they keep keep everybody human. Um, let's see. The next um, podcast, uh, first week of October, I will be having Park Howell on the podcast. He's my storytelling buddy. And we are going to talk about storytelling, brand storytelling, and probably the hero's journey and all kinds of good stuff. So if you've got things you want to see, um, please, please, please let me know. Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at keepingithuman.com. All right, everybody. You know what I'm going to say. I'm out here doing my best to keep things human. So I want you to keep it human, too. And uh, look for some new, uh, we're going to do some new creative things, I think, with the music. So, all right, everybody, hope you had a wonderful, wonderful uh, summer, and welcome to fall. Take care. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.